Well, many businesses are looking for government assistance and rent relief these days. Amazon, well, it's the complete opposite for them. They're having a hard time actually keeping up with demand. The online retailer's website saw, how about this, two and a half billion visitors. That's billion with a B in the month of March alone. That represents a 65% jump from the same period last year. Let's welcome in our friend and marketing expert, Tony Chapman. He's the host of the podcast, Chatter That Matters, and he joins us to chat about Amazon here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tony, good afternoon. Jeff, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, Not as good as Amazon. I mean, they're reporting robust profits at a time when most businesses, as I mentioned, are struggling just to reopen. Uh, What, if anything, Tony, do you think this tells us? Are we seeing what experts have been talking about for some time? Do you think that the COVID crisis represents kind of that final shift towards online shopping? Without question, but all roads seem to point to Amazon. They already had half of the e-commerce business in the States. You got to remember, it's not just Amazon. They have brands like Zappos, and they have a ton of different traps they put in the water. So they already had over half the business. You see this kind of growth, and when, you, when politicians now describe in that article, they become a utility, like, like electricity. Uh, we know we're in trouble because every dollar that goes to Amazon is a dollar that's not going to a Canadian retailer. Yeah, it's really amazing, their strategy. I look at Amazon Prime, for example. A lot of people signed up uh, for that. They get videos, uh, you know, they can stream TV shows, uh, movies, and you get your shipping then for free on uh, most items. One thing, just as you say, kind of feeds into the other. Had we seen this in business before? Well, no, but see, Amazon doesn't need to make a profit. So the old legacy businesses are responsible to pay dividends to their shareholders. Amazon, from day one, he said, listen, I'm not going to pay you a dividend. You're going to get your value in the increased market share that I get and the increased stock price. So what they do is they invest every dollar back into attracting customers, trying to find a, a unique way to bring you in. So they're competing with a very different set of rules including the fact they don't have rent, they don't have main streets, they don't have mannequins, they don't have store managers, they have a pick-and-pack warehouses, primarily operated by robots. So it's a different world, and it's a world that's playing right into uh, Bezos' hand. I mean, he's a brilliant entrepreneur, but the uh, casualties of Amazon are only beginning to be felt, and I'm, I'm worried at the end of COVID, people are just going to look at their phone like a vending machine and say, why would I wander up to my main street when I can, uh, I can summon uh, an Amazon parcel at my door? Well, it's not just Amazon. I think more and more people are buying their groceries online during this pandemic, using food delivery apps. I mean, when they finally can reopen, do you think brick and mortar stores, Tony, will they just be too far behind, sadly? Yeah, they are. It's going to be a real hard push. We really, one of the reasons I did this whole small batter, small uh, business matter series with RBC is to personalize these small business owners. So you think of them as Jeff and Stephen and Tony and Sally, and you realize their livelihoods at stake because I think we have to raise our social consciousness as Canadians to say it's so important to go to your main streets, so important to buy from Jeff. And to bring, uh, <laughs> but MacArthur, bring, buy from that small business owner and bring it back home because it's good for them and it's actually good for your property values. It's because a, a vibrant Main Street, a Main Street that has flair, flair means retail, flair means restaurants, it's going to be, it's essential. It's part of our, our, our world. And, and if not, we're going to be dealing with uh, what are the equivalent of ghost towns. We're going to be, the streets that used to have that vibrancy and traffic and energy are going to disappear. So it really depends on the consumer. Are they going to vote for convenience, Amazon, or are they going to vote for consciousness, which would be Canadian retail? 
Yeah, when we say buy from Jeff and shop local, we do mean MacArthur, not Bezos. He, he's got enough yeah, cash. I mean, it's, you know, listen, listen, he's brilliant. I get him. I understand it. And Jeff, he's, it's, other people are going, uh, sure, buy online. But you got to remember, Amazon's a category killer. They take you down because you're still operating your grocery store and selling online. That's double the expenses. He's just operating online. So he could strategically go after you, cut the prices, offer you the convenience you talked about with Amazon Prime, and over time, what he becomes is the dominant player in the category, which means his buying power goes up, which means he gets better products, better prices. And all of this, again, like Rome used to be, all roads point to Amazon. And I'm not sure putting that much power in any business's hand has ever proved to be something of long-term value to the consumer. Okay, they say there's strength in numbers. So does Main Street. Do they have to get together? Does small business have to band together? Do they have to start thinking about how they're going to market themselves as a whole and get those points you just mentioned across to the Canadian and local consumers? Well, there's this whole business improvement association that, that, that operates. So every Main Street actually gets funded, a little bit of funding from the government to come together. And sometimes they buy flowers or they do an Easter parade. I think we're going to take that up to another level, which is we've got to open up this Main Street back to business, back to getting busy. We've got to let nail salons, everybody that we've depended on in the past is going to send a strong signal back to the consumer when we're allowed to get out and about and saying, hey, remember us, we're open, we're there for you, and you're there, and we're there also, you're there for us. So it's a, a combination of the two. And again, we've seen in the past. In, in other times, major war efforts where people, for example, would turn in all their metal so they would be recycled for weaponry. It, it, we've seen it in the past where this entire nation has come together. And I think if we do smart and we bring this made in Canada, created in Canada, sold in Canada, be loyal to Canada movement, I think it's going to have a profound impact on, on letting these uh, small businesses that matter to us uh, know that we're going to be there for them. Joined by marketing expert Tony Chapman. He's also the host of the podcast, Chatter That Matters. And Tony, you know, I'm thinking about small business right now. And one of the things that I love about small business is, like you were just mentioning, I know the owner. I love the personal touch. I love the service. I love to be able to go down the street to, you know, like my tailor. And he knows me. I know him. Is that going to be lost? Is that going to be as much an allure post-COVID when so many people are concerned now with things like physical distancing? Well, it's going to be a tough one because we are social creatures. We love those connections. We love going to the butcher shop and saying, hey, how was the roast I sold you last week? Have you tried this on your barbecue? We love that. That's human nature. We're, we, you know, Facebook isn't going to satisfy us. But it depends on how severe these isolation rules are. Are we going to line up four feet apart trying to get into our favorite tailor to, get a, to buy a new jacket? And the more we put these punitive sort of penalties on our local retail, the more we're pushing everybody online. And again, when you push people online, the de facto, the person that's getting over half the business already is Amazon. So our politicians have got to really come to terms with what exactly is isolation and distancing when the economy reopens. Because if we don't give these small businesses a fighting chance, they won't come back. And if they don't come back, you, your, your main street's going to be, again, a very different place. And, you know, the beaches community and all the little nuances and nooks that we love and the cabbage towns of the world. And, you know, all of those places that we when we think about, we're thinking about the shops and the awnings and the glass and the color and the people wandering around, smiling and wandering into each other. We won't go there if nobody's there, if nothing's there. 
You know, it's interesting you mentioned distancing rules, and I think, you know, all of us have gone to the grocery store because we need food to survive. Maybe we've gone to the LCBO lately, and we've seen the tape on the floor that uh, you can't go past this line till the next customer moves forward. We've seen cashiers now behind plexiglass. As a matter of fact, the premier in his daily press conference last hour, Tony, announced some 65 new uh, guidelines that businesses are going to have to follow as they get set to reopen the province. Are you suggesting that... Uh, those guidelines should be or can only be temporary if business is going to survive, that it's going to change the nature of uh, how we interact with shops, store keeps, and the shopping experience? Well, I'm not a medical expert, and I'm not at all suggesting that lives don't matter. I'll leave that to the medical experts, but livelihood matters. And the livelihood is we're posing 65 different rules on businesses that are already just hanging in before this happened. Increased wages, increased taxes, landlord rents going up, just hanging in there. And now you're going to ask them to do 65 other things? Uh, You know, that that level of bureaucracy and cement, you better have a strong case that all of that is necessary because essentially what you're doing is you're putting small business in palliative care. And and palliative care, we all know how that ends up. So whether you pull off the Band-Aid now or another couple of months, if we don't start realizing livelihood is equally important, our economy, our, our earning, this, this concept of this, this welfare state mentality where we're just going to be bailed out forever, it doesn't exist. It's fantasy. We've got to get back to earning our way forward, and that means you've got to give small business over 90% of our economy a fighting chance. You know, the other thing that occurs to me is that small business, the local store owner, there's a face to the businesses we've been talking about. You maybe know your butchers, you suggest, Tony. Amazon is faceless, and that's Amazon's also having their problems. We've got workers right now picketing, saying that they're being asked to work in unsafe conditions where there's been a COVID outbreak in some of their warehouses. I know a couple of U.S. senators, including Bernie Sanders, has asked Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos to protect the workers and protect the public because if these packages are leaving a uh, warehouse that's had a COVID outbreak, uh, who knows what's on that package and can it live on that uh, hard service? Do you think all of that might have some sort of impact on their business? Well, he's been playing a tough game of poker. So in France, they put a lot of conditions and you're only allowed to do essential goods. So he shut down his warehouses. It's too complicated. You imagine how many citizens in France are now screaming at the government. What do you mean we can't get Amazon? So he's playing a tough game of poker with a lot of politicians. And don't forget, this guy also bought the Washington Post. <laughs> he's got a massive political platform. Uh, so, you know, he's not, afraid that, he's not afraid to take on politicians. I mean, he, he truly believes uh, he's in a position right now that most Americans, especially Americans, consider him a utility, a necessity. It's part of my life not just a store I like to shop at or I might shop at. It's not the place I go because it's got a great fresh loaf of bread. They're seeing this as, their, as, as the, the world with an arm's reach of desire. And that desire is all Amazon. So he's play, he's, I don't see him backing down. And he, he's going uh, to keep pushing because it, he's saying, look, you, are you going to turn off your electricity in your state? No, you're not going to turn off Amazon either. Tony Chabin. Tony, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for coming on. Jeff, thanks for having me.